politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, and our property. All that matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. Boy, is that a tall order, but that is our battle, much greater than in 1776. On this week, we're supposed to be thankful for the creation of America, everything our forefathers did. Well, what is it we are going to do to ensure that that American dream doesn't end right with us. Brand new week. It is a quiet week. Thanksgiving week. It is Monday. And we are back here, Daniel Hurwitz, in the house for another abridged week. But we're tr- going to try to fit it in in two days. I will be off Wednesday as most are taking off Wednesday. Um, couple things here. Why is it that we can never get our winning issues past the goal line? I'm going to give you just in, in, in one, two minutes here a summation of where we are politically. There are so many issues for which we have a pretty big, robust movement fighting the left. Okay, we, we, we definitely have a big movement, people talking about it, a lot of information, sources. And in most of those issues, if you would poll the public, they might not get all the nuances, but they broadly agree with us. Crime, illegal immigration. Certainly the extent of the extremism of the green stuff, the debt, the inflation, Israel, you know, different issues where the public would side with us over Biden and the left. But yet, we're not changing anything. And in fact, even on issues for which we've spent years exposing, we've been at that exposure stage, but still, the left continues to implement their policies, even as we so-called expose them. It's kind of weird. So why is it we can never get our winning issues past the goal line? And the answer is very simple. The answer is because we don't demand it. Okay? It's that simple. We don't demand it goes past the goal line. So therefore, we fail to create a market for candidates, politicians, even influential voices to competently focus on effective articulation, and more important, effective outcomes and implementation. And then, you know, once the public is acculturated to this, we then ignore the few people who actually are focused on implementation of substance. And that's essentially where we are. So I want to talk today about everything going on in the world, in the country, through the vacuum and the prism of that thesis of winning issues where we, we've we exposed it already, but we're not winning, and everyone's all happy about talk and new sensations. Everyone's caught up with this Argentinian president, the new guy. So we'll talk about that and many more issues today. First, our sponsor, our first sponsor, is our friends at QP Goat Soap. Um, look, now is that time of year where people are scrambling to... Get these gifts for your friends, your relatives, everyone you need to buy a gift for. And you're like, well, I don't know. I bought a gift for my wife, my kids for 10, 15, 20 years. What do they need? I guarantee you something they've never had is authentic, healthy, amazingly smelling goat soap from Quinn Goat Soap, QPGoatSoap.com. It is the healthiest goat soap. And for 
a little less than 100 bucks. There's free shipping. You can get their all four seasons package of soap for all four seasons for under 100 bucks. Go to qpgoatsoap.com. Offer code Daniel for 10% off. Makes a terrific uh, Christmas present, but also good for yourself as well. Very healthy on the skin for dry skin. It's not that pro-inflammatory junk. And guess what? It's a Christian homeschooling family. You will be supporting one of our very own Blaze TV subscribers. Again, qpgoatsoap.com, promo code Daniel. So everyone is caught up on and talking about this Argentinian guy, this Javier dude, um, Javier Millet. Uh, and he's this new sensation. He just got elected as president in Argentina. And in a slow week, this is kind of the biggest news story. Everyone's like, look at that Argentinian guy. Man, it's awesome. Okay, awesome. And, and look, he might very well be awesome. I don't know. Everyone's going to be an expert on Argentinian politics now. I certainly am not. So I don't know his record and, and what he's about. But what I do know is we're not lacking in awareness of people running on right-leaning parties that are, you know, know what time it is and articulate our grievances to a certain extent. It's the ability to articulate them in the way they matter at the time they matter and then implement it and execute it, you know, through, through all the block and tackle of the left and actually implement it and make it stick, and stick the landing. That's what we've been lacking. So, on that front, I don't see anything new. So, you know, everyone's talking about this guy. Here, here are his greatest hits. He thinks Pope Francis is a filthy leftist. He says that redistributing wealth is a violent act. Climate change is a lie of socialism. His governing philosophy is that you can't give SHIT leftists an inch. He pledges to end the Central Bank of Argentina. His view on China is that he doesn't cut deal with communists. On abortion, he says when you construct on the basis of an incorrect moral principle, the result is filth. How can being able to kill other human beings be a right gained? As a liberal, I believe in the unrestricted right to life based on the deference of life, liberty, and property. I defend life. Biology says that life begins with conception. Uh, Mickey Mouse is the aspiration of every Argentinian politician because he is a disgusting rodent whom everybody loves. Okay, so, you know, a lot of good quotes for people to feast off of, and everyone's very excited. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking, we actually have someone in America who has done that, not just talked about it, and then we have, you know, people at a smaller level trying to implement these policies, and, and no one pays attention. So, oh, man, look at this. We, we won in Argentina. But meanwhile, the policies just march on. They just continue to march on unabated. There's a picture of this guy ripping government agencies off a board. So he has all the government departments picture like, you know, our equivalent of DHS and Commerce and HUD and EPA. And he rips it off a board. You say, I'm going to, you know, out, out. When I'm president, this is gone. And I saw Senator Mike Lee says he wants our candidates to do that. But that's the point. All we've been doing is ripping them up virtually in our imagination off of a blackboard. 
But when it actually comes to our guys getting in power, here's the sick irony. We can't even stop their growth when we're in power. When we're in power, forget about abolishing them. We don't even stop their growth. So yeah, you'll have guys, I'll abolish half the government. But then he's given us no confidence that he has the smarts to articulate, put in the personnel, and implement in a way that matters. That's the thing. So everyone's feasting off of this. Everyone's really happy. But the reality is, there's nothing new about articulating the problems with the left. Look, let me let you in on a secret here. Let me, let me give you a magnifying glass to gain some clarity here in what's going on. It's kind of like if you have a, a red dot sight at 100, 150, 200 yards and man, I can't really see my target. Okay, let's put a magnifier. Let's put a scope on. And you might think, man, Daniel, there's a lot of based politicians nationally, internationally, you know, saying the filthy communists. And man, this, this is getting great, right? The reality is the left is so radical and so harmful and so successful at being so harmful that, of course, you're going to increasingly have dissenting voices that speak more aggressively about the left because they're crazy. There's a lot of fodder. A man's a woman, a criminal's a victim, a border's not a border, let's abolish all energy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't take a lot to inveigh against what they're doing. So increasingly, you're going to have kind of, you know, up-and-coming characters, guys that are good at entertainment, and, and everyone's going to be like, oh, this is the new sensation, yay! And again, I have nothing against this guy. I don't know much about him. I don't care. But the point is, why are we looking off to Argentina when we don't look what we have right here at home? And all of this really gets back to one point, that we have a movement in place, like I said last week, to criticize bad, but not to pursue affirmative good or even understand what it is, much less pursue it, much less conjure up the strategies and the personnel, the thought process, and the action items that are needed to harness that energy against the evil, the reawakening, because people are awoken to this. I can name you a bunch of issues that if you would pull them, the public would side with us on, but nonetheless, the left is still implementing them unabated. Why? Because we have a movement articulating, oh, look what the left is doing, look what the left is doing, look what the left is doing, and yeah, I mean, it's very easy to point it out, but we don't have a movement to actually get into where those levers of power are and flip those switches. So we have this uncanny outcome where we have a louder chorus than ever before chanting about oh look what the left's doing look at what the left's doing and yet nobody is is pointing it i mean we're all armed we got our guns we're dancing around we will we will rock you okay but then no one's actually saying look down down range is a target that's the problem shoot draw and shoot this is what you need to do 
And that's why we're left with this morass. So, you know, looking for the next sensation is not going to get us anything. I, I guarantee that of you. It just will not get us anything. And by the way, speaking of shooting, our other sponsor today is Patriot Academy. We're exactly a month out from our next defensive handgun training in Fredericksburg, Texas at Patriot Academy's uh, new campus, God's Country, Texas Hill Country. It's not too late. There is still room. And not only could you come, you could take a friend or a relative for free. I don't think you guys appreciate the price on this. So I was looking recently at my range because I had to take this stupid holster course in order to shoot from the holster, um, even though I didn't need it, obviously, because I go to Patriot Academy. Um, And I was looking at some of their other courses. And anything that even claims to do stuff like tactical shooting, clearing malfunctions, um, draw, you know, obviously defensive situations, control pairs from the holster, headshots from the holster. For half a day of training, it costs about $300. Here you get four full days, plus the Constitution courses at night, four full days. I mean, we're at the range usually from eight to five for 400 bucks, and now you can get two people for 400 bucks. So again, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. I know some of you the week before Christmas might not be good, so if you can't join me then, Come without me. You know, go go another time. They have classes every few weeks. You could see the schedule there. I don't know when I'm going to come again in the spring, but um, remember, this is South Texas, so don't be scared off by the winter. It's uh, it's it's hot there other times of year, so now we'll actually be, you know, a little chilly, but you'd rather be a little cool on the range than stifling hot in the desert. It's just awful. So again, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel there. So, folks... Where I think we are is Malachi 1. We're at our Malachi 1 moment in the conservative movement. And and, and I think largely in these kind of pseudo-populist backlash movements throughout the world. So what's Malachi? The book of Malachi, um, the prophecy opens up from God. I love you, said the Lord, meaning to Israel. I love you and I hate Esau. I love Jacob. I've chosen Jacob. I hate Esau. And I hated Esau. I made his mountains desolate, his heritage, the jackals of the desert. Should Edom say, we were poor, but we will return and build the ruins. So says the Lord. They shall build, but I will demolish. They shall be called the border of wickedness and the people whom the Lord has damned forever. Okay. So, So great. We know Esau is bad. That's the decadence. That's um, largely what you're seeing from Hamas. We we could people could recognize evil, but what are you going to do about it? Like I said, just because you are turning away from evil and exposing evil, I'm exposing the deep state. I'm exposing the left. It doesn't mean you yourself don't have some of that evil and haven't internalized some of that evil in yourself, much less turn to affirmative good. So God opens up and says, look, look, Jacob, I have chosen the descendants of Jacob. I love Jacob. I hated Esau. He's damned forever. But then he says, and your eyes shall see and you shall say, the Lord is great beyond the border of Israel. In other words, 
all right, well, you should learn why I don't like Esau, and you shouldn't have a light version of Esau, Esau light. I'll do a little bit of killing. I'll do a little bit of injustice. You have to pursue affirmative good. Oh, well, we'll have our leaders that are liars, cheaters, commit adultery, you know, act like the left, party like the left, indulge in the culture like the left. God says, Malachi 1.6, a son honors a father and a slave his master. Now, if I'm a father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my fear? All right, so you don't want to be like Esau, but you're not affirmatively pursuing good. You're not fearing me. You're not honoring me in what you're doing. You offer on my altar defiled food. Yet you say, how have we defiled you? By your saying, God's table is contemptible. So yeah, you'll, you'll offer the offerings. But it's full of hypocrisy. It literally describes the conservative movement, the populist backlash. Like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> Those guys are evil. But, but what, what is it you stand for? And, you know, God kind of goes on a tirade there in chapter one about everything that the Israelites were doing that is just like, look, I got rid of Esau because he was acting like that. Don't pick up his bad habits. And then it turns to Malachi 2 when God says what he's looking for. Verse 5, my covenant was with him, life and peace, and I, Jacob that is, and I gave them to him fear, and he feared me. And because of my name, he was overawed. That's what I'm looking for. Affirmative fear of God. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say the left is a bunch of godless people and then act like Don, Don Jr., Don Jr. is a decadent, disgusting person. And, and you know, Roger Stone and whatever that other guy is, uh, Bruce Jenner. And Bruce Jenner himself will say, Christ is king and look at that, you know, to own Ben Shapiro. But then, you know, while he's, whatever, I, I won't get too graphic here, but you get my point. God doesn't want that. Verse Six, true teaching was in his mouth and injustice was not found on his lips. That's what I want. I want the truth in your mouth and I want injustice not found on your lips, not relative to the mammoth degree of injustice of, of, of the Esau's. So you have injustice light. I want affirmative truth and peace and equity went with me and he brought back many from iniquity for a priest's lips shall guard knowledge and teaching should be sought from his mouth, for he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. I want you, if you guys think you're the ones that represent the biblical worldview, you're the conservatives. Act that way. Act that way. It's easy to scoff at the left, but then be so ineffective and so muddled and confused and hypocritical yourself that you become so ineffective, the left just continues. And God points out that, no, you haven't done that, but you have turned aside from, from, from the way. You caused many to stumble in the Torah. You corrupted the covenants of the Levites, said the Lord of hosts. And now I too have made you contemptible and low to the entire people according to how you do not keep my ways and how you show favoritism in the Torah. Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why should we betray each one his brother 
to profane the covenant of our forefathers. And that's kind of where we are as a conservative movement. We're all betraying each other, no unity of purpose. But anyway, it's a slow week. It's a slow week. But it's never a slow week for the de- for the demonic forces of the Fourth Reich. Instead, they have a free lane with Republicans at a Congress. Even when they're there, they give him everything he wants on the budget bill. So our movement lies comatose with no agenda. And the border invasion continues. The green energy stuff continues. The FBI raids continue. The crime continues. The biomedical security state continues. And Biden is destroying Israel. I mean, the wicked he is doing And those of you who believe in those who bless Israel will be blessed, those who curse will be cursed. We got a problem if our government is literally siding with Hamas. Biden will say, oh, Israel has a right to defend itself. But then if you look at all their policies, they're screwing them in Gaza, forcing a ceasefire, tying their hands in the north where a bunch of soldiers got killed, Israeli soldiers got killed in the north, Hezbollah is attacking them. This man is, I guess because Republicans gave him such a free lane, he's already screwed our border He has no, he's meeting no obstacle in that agenda. Now he can move over to Israel's borders. And I mean, like a laser beam, his administration is focused on them. And most of the aforementioned issues that I mentioned are popular issues that we have all the talking points. We have the data, we have the stories, we have the polling data, but we lack leaders with a vision to articulate, to execute, to implement And to secure that implementation for an enduring outcome. We don't have that. And let let me go over these issues one by one. One by one. So, for example, we have the January 6th videos. Okay, everyone's talking about that. Oh, my gosh, look, they let them in. You see, you know, uh, the cops let them in. We said this from day one, that if a bunch of Capitol Hill cops were fired on account of letting people in, then how could you prosecute someone criminally for thinking he did something wrong for criminal intent when he thought he wasn't breaking the law? All these people that were let in. We knew that from day one. But the the, the January 6th videos, while very important, are kind of like the endless vaccine data and studies we were doing for a year and a half. The revelation of facts don't change outcomes. And why is that? Because we only have a movement that goes insofar as it could expose facts. But we don't have a smart political movement that has the ears of those with people in power or elects those in power to actually try to implement things. We don't have a party and a movement that has both the beliefs and a focused strategy to make the issue that we're trying to make an issue to actually take it to the next level, to take it past the goal line. We don't have such a movement. So unfortunately, I don't see anything changing with those videos. Everyone thinks, oh my gosh, we own the left. We had a new study came out and the vaccines or this. But if you don't have political leadership, it won't change. And indeed, they're they're continuing to arrest people for the, I mean, the, some of the new arrests are more egregious than ever. 
for January 6th. They're continuing to go after political opponents. They, 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 they just uh, arrested more people that protested abortion clinics. Every issue is continuing. Every, and I want to go through some of them because more and more we're seeing this continue. First, our final sponsor today is our friends at Birch Gold. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currency and digital IDs. Folks, the way, only way to get around that is to go to a gold system. And I want to talk in the future about you know some interesting ideas because ultimately world money makes the world go round and currency is everything. And that might be a way out of the system. But for now, we're coming close to the beginning of tax season where a lot of people, you know, you could put in about 6500 for yourself and then for your spouse into an IRA tax-free. Don't put that into BlackRock. Don't put that into Vanguard or Fidelity. Put that into something of value. Birch Gold is the one I trust. They've been around the longest. Text Daniel to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, hey, it would be nice to have something of value to fall back upon. All righty, so I want to go over the news cycle, some some news stories through this thesis that we're talking about. How on the one hand, the issues are exposed. I mean, the insanity, the destructive consequences of these leftist policies are pretty clear, and the public would side against Biden. But alas, he continues. It continues. Continues happening. So Israel is certainly one of them. Um, and, I, and I pick Israel because it's an interesting point. I, I know some on the right resent how Republicans are always into Israel and, you know, and, and certainly they should be into America more, but it doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. And we're not saying to, you know, mollycoddle them and make, turn them into Ukraine. But like I just said, just give them the diplomatic cover to do what they need to do and certainly don't side with evil. But instead, the Biden administration is just crushing them. And the interesting thing is that this is one issue where it's not like you say, well, the border really, you know, deep down Republicans don't fight it because, uh, you know, their corporate masters want open borders. They want the cheap labor. They want more visas. In this case, genuinely, every Republican is pro-Israel. Yet still, even when it comes to that, the policies continue because they gave away their budget leverage and you don't even find most Republicans effectively articulating the case against Biden on Israel. I, I Again, I pick Israel more than America because that's an issue that they all agree on. But even when they agree, even when Republicans agree that this is wrong, um, you know, even the worst Republican would not treat Israel the way Biden is doing, but they're not railing against it in an effective way and using any effective lever of power. Um, obviously saying, look, we just won't fund the Palestinians in the budget. Is it too hard? What, you're going to shut the government down so you could fund the PA? Okay, pretty pretty easy issue. And then the polling. There is an NBC poll out. Uh, Israel, they, they, they asked you know, people, who do you favor or not favor? So fave unfave for Israel in America is... Two to one, pro-Israel. For the Palestinians, it's underwater, two to one, unfavorable. And then for Hamas, it's 1% favorable, 81% unfavorable. Okay? So, now, 
really most people don't know that Hamas is synonymous with the so-called Palestinians, but whatever. The point is, social media is not reality. Okay, with social media, everyone loves Hamas, but it's, it's not like that. So I would say that's an issue. Republicans are, on the one hand, united, okay? They're totally united in, in, in being righteous on it. On the other hand, the public is with them, but still we don't have an effective force to bring that issue, our vision on it, to fruition and stop what Biden is doing. He's just, I mean, he's he's going, going full bore. Going full bore. And, and again, another thing about this issue is just the clarity of it. How open and brazen the Hamas attack was. It wasn't like the biomedical security poisoning, which was more subtle. I mean, there's there's a witness testimony out now that in one of the communities when Hamas came in, uh, one of the um, forensic workers there, I witnessed bodies of two women with their hands and legs tied to a bed. One of these bodies was found to be sexually terrorized with a knife stuck in her private part and all her internal organs removed. Um, after brutally violating these women, Hamas detonated the house on them, so we found them beneath a pile of stones. The mini shelters scattered from the Nova Party site to Road 34. Shelters that had been broken into were filled with piles of women. Their clothing was torn on the upper part, but their bottoms were completely naked. Piles and piles of women, dead bodies lying this way. Um, and goes on to describe all these gory details. And yet, the Biden administration is totally forcing Israel into a ceasefire when they're finally at a point where they could end Hamas. And again, you talk to any Republican, they will agree. You talk to most of the public, they'll agree with us. We've exposed the left. This is as radical as could be. But they're continuing unabated. Crime is another thing I talk about a lot. Crime has been exposed. Crime is unpopular. But not only are they not stopping jailbreak, you still have these fake... Uh, Koch brother organizations, I, I have friends that work in Congress, they're getting lobbied by fake conservative lobbyists to support more jailbreak legislation to this day. You know, there is no effort to get tougher on juvenile. I mean, how many, how many state legislatures controlled by Republicans are pushing tougher crimes, tougher uh, sentencing? Just the opposite. DeSantis had to veto several bills last session from his own legislature where Americans for Prosperity were uh, was uh, lobbying for weak on crime laws for juveniles. When you know, as, we, as I mentioned Friday, juvenile crime is is the worst. But there's a poll out from Gallup that shows 58 percent think the criminal justice system is not tough enough. Okay, on crime. So you have a clear majority there. Pluralities of every demographic group, age, party, race, and income support tougher policies versus leniency by two to one with non-whites 49 to 20 for tougher policies and even Democrats opposing leniency 40 to 24. So again, the, the policies are there. The public opinion is there. What we don't have is a coordinated movement with a strategic vision and, of course, leadership. You look on immigration, 
We have never had such a united Republican Party. Oh, it's terrible. Look at the border. But it doesn't matter. It's continuing. CBP just told Fox News that just in the last six weeks, over 6,500 Chinese were caught. Over 700 Afghans were caught. I mean, we used to have these numbers over like years. Now we're getting them in a month. Over 140 encounters from Syria, over 80 from Iran, over 1,500 from Uzbekistan. That's bad news. It continues and continues and continues unabated. So we, uh, you know, have people that that just dope up on political fentanyl, political porn. Oh, yeah, look at this uh, latest comment from Trump or, uh, or the Argentinian Trump or this or that. And it's like, okay, but what has it done for you? Yeah, but the left, we're, we're exposing the left. I mean, we've really exposed the left. Actually, you're the one exposed buck naked. I mean, <laughs> you're the one getting raped politically like Hamas raped Israelis. Uh, you're getting raped by the left. You can, you can enjoy it all you want, but the reality is they're winning. Every issue, name me an issue and I'll show you, they are continuing. They are continuing to win. So nothing changes. Oh, here's another one. Green energy. Everyone knows it's absurd. No one wants it. The inflation, even if people got bought into global warming, I think the cost of living has really, you know, put a monkey wrench in their ability to brainwash people. But this is from Fox News. President Biden invoked a Cold War era law in a surprising move Friday to pour taxpayer funds into domestic manufacturing of electric heat pumps, an alternative to gas-powered residential furnaces. In a joint announcement with the White House, DOE said the federal government would award a historic $169 million for nine projects across 15 sites nationwide in an effort to accelerate electric heat pump manufacturing. He's utilizing the Defense Production Act to increase green energy technology. And you know what that means. That means that they're going to box out the gas-powered and then make it more expensive just to freaking heat your home in the winter, which is their goal, uh, just like their goal is to kill you. So they're certainly going to want to make you shiver in the winter. And by the way, where did this uh, invocation of the Defense Production Act start? Yeah, that's right. Trump with the ventilators. Um, that was a great idea there. So here's where we are. And then, oh, the FBI, we've certainly exposed them. Nothing changes. By the way, there's a great bill, a New Hampshire bill. Um, I don't have the bill number in front of me, but to require that any federal arrest by a federal agency has to have a sheriff at least present. So again, that that's a start. And these are the sorts of things I want to look towards. But again, we need specific ideas by the specific people that have the levers of power. Now, you might be noticing subtly throughout this entire show so far, you might be thinking, well, isn't there one man that's not just the Argentinian Trump or the Trump Trump, but actually does focus on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter? He doesn't just talk, but he does. So Trump was, you know, over the weekend, he was in Iowa talking about golden showers and hookers. At a, at a rally, but uh, and he refused to attend again. Once again, he will never show up side by side with other candidates. So the family leader held another forum um, headed by Bob Vanderplatz, and uh, only three candidates showed up: DeSantis, Ramaswampy, and uh, Nikki. And 
Bob asked DeSantis, the 800-pound gorilla, question in the room. So, like, look, why not just be governor? You know, why not just wait your turn? It appears everyone likes you, but you're still in second place. And I don't have time to play the whole clip, but I'm going to play a long part of it because it is it is an answer I couldn't have answered better myself. And, you, you, again, you have to watch his expression, the sincerity that bleeds through. But even then, you know, it's like I said, we've heard words before, but it's the words complimenting the deeds. It, it's when the guy did it, it's not on the front side of promising to do it, but on the back side when you already did it. Um, so, you know, he says, why not wait? He starts off answering, we're not a monarch. There's no next in line. And also, we're out of time. We're losing our country. I can't wait four years. You know, it might be good for my political career, but, you know, I got to take that risk because we, we, we're just out of time. Take a listen. I'm going to play at least three minutes here, so I know it's going to be a long time, but it's worth it. Let's uh, let's listen right here. You compare uh, Donald Trump uh, with, with me. I delivered on 100 percent of my promises as governor of Florida. There wasn't a single thing I didn't deliver on. We delivered on right to life. We delivered on Second Amendment. We delivered on school choice. We delivered on getting rid of CRT and transgender ideology. We banned the surgery, transgender surgeries for minors in the state of Florida. We have a crime rate at a 50-year low because we've done things like authorize the death penalty for pedophiles. So on issue after issue, I have delivered on these principles in a way, quite frankly, if you look at Donald Trump's uh, campaign in 16 and then compare his rhetoric now, He's campaigning on the things he promised to do in 2016 and didn't deliver. He said he would build a wall and have Mexico pay for it. That did not happen. We would not have 8 million people that Biden would have been able to let in if we had a wall that had been built. He said he was going to drain the swamp. The swamp is worse than ever. We have weaponized federal agencies, and they are running amok. Uh, He said he was going to eliminate the national debt. Uh, starting with COVID in particular, we have the worst fiscal situation this country's happened, $7.8 trillion, um, on his watch. So I think we need somebody that's going to fight. And I think Donald Trump was somebody that came and said he'd fight for us. But we also need somebody that's going to win. Somebody that's going to win for you and win for your family. And yes, that involves, of course, winning the election. And it's my view that when when uh, push comes to shove in November of 2024, if Donald Trump's the candidate, the American people are not going to go there. That's just what that's my firm belief. I think that that's right. Uh, but you also need to win. And I won the biggest election victory in the history of Florida Republican Party in this most recent election. So we've shown how it's done. But you got to win on all these big fights. When you say you're going to do something, you got to dig in. Anything that's worth its salt to accomplish. The media is going to be against you. The left's going to be against you. Uh, a lot of establishment Republicans are going to be against you. And do you have the fortitude to stand there and fight for people and deliver big victories? I'm the only one running who has laid waste to the left in my state. I have laid waste to the Democratic Party. They are a carcass on the side of the road because we've defeated them on all these issues. And then the final thing you need is you need somebody that knows how to lead. Leadership is not about entertainment. It's not about the show. It's about setting forth a vision 
in executing that vision when it's not easy to do in delivering results. And, and I have the ability to do that. So I compare, I was asked the other day on a radio program, well, um, pe- people like you, but they also like Trump, why you over Trump? I'm more likely to get elected. He would be a lame duck on day one. I would serve two terms as president. We need a two-term president. He would not be able to recruit enough good personnel to serve in his administration, uh, which you need. You can't do it alone. As the president, you can make the vision and make the decisions. You need a cadre of good people who are going to be there and turn the screws on this bureaucracy. Otherwise, we're never going to get it done. Um, and I am, I'll be an executive that's not distracted. I'm not going to be focused on any of my issues. Uh, you know, my wife and I will, will, will raise our kids in the White House. I can tell you with six, five, and three, the only thing they're going to be bringing back to the White House is homework, not cocaine. Don't worry about that. Uh, so, so I'm going to be focused on your issues. I'm going to be a disciplined and, and, and focused leader in a way that, that obviously Donald Trump is not in a position uh, to be able to do that. So I view his candidacy as high risk with low reward because I think as a lame duck with poor personnel and the distractions, it's going to be hard for him to get this done. My candidacy is lower risk because we'll run Biden ragged around this country, but high reward because you get a two-term conservative president uh, who's going to stand for your values and deliver for you for eight full years. Okay, folks, so you heard that. You have to win on the big fights in the way it matters. I'm not, I'm the only one who has laid waste to the Democrat Party. You need someone who knows how to lead, set forth a vision, execute the vision when it's not easy. Personnel, he talked about the personnel. That was a very good point about Trump. No one's making that point. He won't have effective people that share our values. They're either going to be clowns like Laura Loomer, and obviously she's not going to be hired for anything. So, you're going to have Lindsey Graham's. I'm not going to be distracted with other issues. I'm going to be disciplined and focused on your issues. Trump's going to be a lame duck, poor personnel and distractions, high risk, low return. Again, I mean, it's obvious, but here it comes on the backside of him doing this. One thing is clear I could tell you about him. He wakes up every day and says, how could I push the envelope on these issues? Even if it's an issue he hasn't gotten into. You know, like, man, I wish he would talk more about that. People, you know, will email me all the time. It's never enough. If there's a hundred issues, if you don't talk enough about that issue, it means he's bad on it. Okay, I mean, you know, look, there's a limit to what one person can focus on in a given few months, but if you go to him, he will want to do it. If, If it's feasible, that's the thing. He's already as good as we've ever had But, you know, it's not good to stop there. You always need to pressure someone from the right. He's open to that. And it's just you you juxtapose it to Trump. It's it's unbelievable. A lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, everyone's going to want this new thing about, like, all these creative ways to show some visual of getting rid of government departments like the Argentinian dude did. DeSantis did it. I told you, the the Miami-Dade County, this is not some obscure rural Florida county. This should be the bastion of urban liberalism in the third largest state in America. They might not have a teacher's union left at the end of the week because of the law he passed and implemented. He does. 
And if we only had a movement around him not fragging him, but helping, he could do even more. Take yes for an answer. Again, I could say focus local all I want, and I'm going to continue. But the reality is that absent a stronger movement, I don't know where we head. Absent a leader, I don't know where we head. We're not going to get governors and county officials in a large scale like that unless he becomes the leader of the party. So, you know, we could congratulate ourselves over Argentina all we want, but what's more important now is our own country. We have two months left, less than two months now, to Iowa. That's what, it's it's all about Iowa. If he wins Iowa, it's a, it's a game changer. It's very possible. I'm not saying he will. But if all of us got our act together, if you're in Iowa, if you're near Iowa, get involved. Again, no one's perfect, and I will never worship him the way the Trump people worship their dude. But dude, what more do you want? When are you ever going to have a proof of concept? As much as we have with DeSantis, you might have, oh, I have some great statements. Like, let's say we imported this Argentinian guy. This guy's filth, this guy's scum, this guy's a rodent. That's awesome, yeah, okay. I'm going to get rid of all the agencies, socialism is hell. Okay, but... I mean, there's no lack of people saying that. It's pretty easy to say that, given how crazy the left is. Who is it? Who is it that actually has a vision to articulate, execute, implement, maintain, secure the gains? Durable, durable outcomes. Enduring outcomes. That don't just just get washed away. Where is that vision? And folks, I'm not really seeing it. I'm not seeing it at all from, from, from what I could see. And that leads me to the final part of today's show. When we're not focused, what happens? When we, when we miss opportunities, what happens? Well, even the few things where we actually finally coalesce the movement to finally, finally fight. So last legislative session, not just in Florida, but in other states, we started banning drag shows and castration. On the tranny issue, I think we're you know starting to win. Okay, great. But now comes the left's final panic button, and that is judicial supremacism, the courts. On Friday in Florida, the Supreme Court refused to hear the appeal from Florida on the drag show law. So basically they have a law saying that a bar or restaurant is going to lose its liquor license and they've actually gone after people. They actually enforce it. Other red states aren't really enforcing it, so it's a joke. So this restaurant um, sued him because they say they have a First Amendment right to have sodomy and nudity and male sexual, sexual behavior in front of minors. That that's protected free speech. And the district court agreed with them, and they tried to appeal to the Supreme Court. And, of course, as we've seen so often, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Alito would have granted cert. And, of course, Barrett and Kavanaugh do not. And they, they, they hide behind the technicality. Well, it's really not a case on the merits yet. It's really a case on whether we, you know, the injunction should be applied just to the party, that restaurant, or the entire state. Um, but because it does implicate the First Amendment, we can't 
it's not a good vehicle to reach the merits on the you know, global injunction part of it either. So, you know, they have a clever way that they're not going to take the case on the full injunction part, nor on the First Amendment part. So a novel fake idea that they know is wrong goes into place. And there we are. And, you know, I I have a column out I'm going to put out tomorrow juxtaposing Barrett and Kavanaugh a week before, and they refused to take an appeal to the the Third Circuit um, on the vaccine mandate of New Jersey taking away the livelihood of nurses for not getting the poison poke because evidently they don't believe that there's a fundamental right to bodily autonomy. Man, they have a really strict view, kind of like, you know, there's different disagreements, but they they don't view the Ninth Amendment with unenumerated rights. They say it's got to be written in there and I don't see a right to bodily autonomy. So the government could just rape your body and you don't have a right and you know, kind of that whole Jacobson 1904 case that they think is still controlling, which clearly we see Kavanaugh and Barrett believe. Remember, forget about a state. Even at a federal level, let's not forget, uh, this was only Kavanaugh, not, not Barrett in this case. It was Kavanaugh voted with Roberts and the left to uphold the CMS vaccine mandate on healthcare workers. That was at a federal level. It didn't even pass Congress. So that was the worst sort of thing. Um, So that even Kavanaugh felt. But at a state level, both Barrett and Kavanaugh believe that a state could impose mass mandates and vaccine mandates. Clearly, from what I have seen, they clearly do believe that. So first of all, it's a lack of... But but then, let me just finish the thought. But then, so you have no right to that. But then when it comes to sodomy, you have a right to public sodomy displays and and, and male sort of, you know, just licentious behavior in front of minors. That's First Amendment. Well, Daniel, they didn't say that. They just didn't want to rule. Yeah, 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 I I get it. I get it. So, folks, let let me tell you something. If you have a lower court that puts a state law of such vital importance on hold because of a novel right, it's the Supreme Court's obligation to expeditiously take it up. I don't believe in judicial supremacism, but if you're going to have the lower court supremacy, then at least the Supreme Court has to police the inferior courts. But I warned you guys they wouldn't do that. And 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 again, this is what happens when you don't have someone focused. DeSantis is focused like when he has a Supreme Court vacancy, he will see exactly, he will envision these scenarios when he picks someone. Trump didn't know any better. And the people around him, the Federalist Society people, were a bunch of idiot frauds. So uh, so there you have it. There you go. But there's a more fundamental point. Under Trump, I warned, I said, look, the perception of the public is that we have all these vacancies that, you know, um, not, not just Kennedy retiring, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. They're going to view it as if we're going to make a conservative court. And I said, look, look. The courts are fundamentally – look, we had the Bruin case, but eventually the blue states are just going to defy it. If you're living in a blue state, you are never going to enjoy the benefits of judicial supremacism. What do I mean by the benefits? Where you can't win politically, you turn to the courts to try to help you. And I have no problem with the courts ruling with real fundamental rights where it's appropriate, but I'm just telling you we're not going to benefit. And that's what we see. COVID was the Waterloo of those who felt, Daniel, we need judicial supremacism for when politically we can't fight and they take away our rights. 
well, they were they, they weren't there for us. It was too little, too late. It was like yeah, when when the when the politics changed, they you know a couple cases they gave us, but fundamentally Jacobson is still intact. The only thing the courts will be there for is when we want to stop the anarcho tyranny in the red states, and we finally get leaders to implement them and finally build the support and build the structure to elect people to do the right thing. Oh, well, no, actually, uh, the court said you can't do it. So we now have most of the courts, including, I I don't have it in front of me, but a bunch of Trump-appointed judges are ruling that you have a right to drag shows. And I was the only one. I wrote a book. I wrote a book in 2016. I said, look, rather than trying to expend your political capital on, oh, we'll get better guys into the courts and then not even get the better guys like we saw with Barrett and Kavanaugh, and we'll use judicial supremacism to our advantage, I said, look, Create a grand bargain with the left. Say, look, you think you're going to lose the courts. We don't believe in judicial supremacism. Let's shake on it that we take political issues out of the courts. That fundamentally, they're not going to be the end all. It's not universally binding on all branches of government, on all non-parties to court cases. You know, and the way I've explained judicial supremacism versus judicial review in many cases, that is what we should have implemented. Again, Part of the reason why you guys don't see this pain as much as I do is because Republicans suck and barely pass good bills. So, you know, you don't see the judicial supremacism in red state problem that often. But if we ever achieved it, this is what we have waiting for us on the other side. I just wanted to give you a smattering of even on a quiet week, the issues continue the destruction of our society, economy, culture, borders, security continues. Unabated. But there's endless comedic relief for our people to find new leaders and commensurate with how bad the left is will be how many new fake right-leaning people you have that will give lip service to how filthy the rodents evil left is. But God wants you to have no injustice and only truth on your lips. What are you going to do about it? Not just in word, but in deed. We only have one proof of concept in our life, in our, really in our lifetime, political lifetime, of this. And he is being scorned by the very people that say, oh, we're fighting for our lives. But that's the movement we're trying to build here. So again, we do have an abbreviated week. Um, I'll have a special guest on tomorrow, an amazing candidate, because we are going to try to look for these candidates. They don't happen on their own. You have to fight for them. We wait until someone wins. Oh, look what he said. Ah, yeah. But, you know, beforehand, when we actually are in a pitched battle in a primary, they screw us. You know, I kind of remember Texas where, you know, we were trying to take out Greg Abbott and Met the Trump came and supported Greg Abbott. And now Greg, something that rhymes with Abbott, goes and returns the favor and endorses Met the Trump. But I got my memes. I got my money to make. I got my clips to play and pass around viral clips. The only thing I don't have is the money. Should, could sure use that. But thanks to all of you for supporting our sponsors. Again, today, Birch Gold, Patriot Academy, and QP Goat Soap. Folks, Again, I want you guys to start thinking of, in your community, what issues could you harness? What candidates could you support? It's got to be a group effort. It's got to be. It's not about one person. 
But I do believe that without a presidential candidate and party leader that represents this, it's going to be a lot harder. So with just two months to Iowa, anyone who lives there, I urge you, urge you, urge you, you know, bring out your friends there, start organizing. It's very winnable. And in fact, he'll only lose if we don't mobilize. He has a very good chance of winning. Doesn't mean a 100% chance he wins the nomination. It does mean it makes it more like a 50-50 proposition. It's game on. And folks, now is our game on. We are out of time. We are out of comedic relief. That's all great. We need affirmative, good, unfiltered truth. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.